Welcome to BG Empire 144. Coming in hot on Halloween. Don't want to date it and, you know, put too much of a timestamp on it, but uh, we're still in the middle of Rocktober. Actually, this is the end of Rocktober 2018. Uh, a little bit more on that in just a second. I'm your host, Brett Elston, and joining me... Hey, uh, it is Tim. I'm back to finish out Rocktober with you, Brett. Thanks. Uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> inviting me back on this spooky ride. This one's going to be spooky. This one is. This I mean, you is. heard the intro, yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Patrick S. Pumpkins. Good. Uh, I like the energy. I'm back. Happy Halloween. And I called it. I just looked this up. during While we were listening to that devilish track, I was like, this sounds like Sakimoto. I look up Wikipedia. It's Hitoshi Sakimoto. He's got an ear for it. I kind of know the guy, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, you, you devilish man. You. <laughs> yeah, so that brought, brought us in was devilish, uh, a.k.a. Bad Omen, um, which already seems like a rock album oh, yeah. where it'd be ba- uh, devilish parentheses bad omen mm-hmm. or something which is mm-hmm. already, already great but yeah like you said composer hitoshi sakamoto worked on final fantasy tactics ff12 valkyria chronicle series oh boy come I've been... on you gotta mention the one what's the one breath of fire five dragon quarter man uh, <laughs> right, you're always talking about that. <laughs> uh, the, you know me. Valk- actually pat and i just had a conversation about um this composer and uh i am in love with the uh, like Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. music and Valkyria Chronicles music, I've been mm. playing four, mm. and so to dive into more of this guy's backlog yeah, is there like you go. super exciting. It's great, yeah. Um, but yeah, what brought us in was the Clock Tower track from Devilish, and uh, so Rocktober. Uh, typically, you know, as I've said before, the show in a day was a biweekly show. And then every October we would go weekly to celebrate like a series that's too big to fit in one or even two or three episodes, such as Castlevania in the past, Pokemon, Final Fantasy. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, believe it or not, was one. Um, but this year it was all FM Synthesis, Sega Genesis, Mega Drive stuff that really spoke to me because the show, we also have had a history of like everyone kind of bagging on the Genesis because it's very easy to misuse this thing's sound capabilities. But as a piece of hardware, it's really something else, especially when it's firing on all cylinders. But this is one of those rare years where there's five Wednesdays in October <laughs> and I prepared four shows and then was like, huh? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, behind, by, uh, Inside Baseball, we're recording this episode several weeks after we recorded the last one. Uh, but because that fifth Wednesday is Halloween, I thought, well, let's try to do something that's got some kind of monster or spooky vibe. And two soundtracks that had kind of been in the mix, but I hadn't really pegged them as a, an episode, was what brought us in Devilish. And we'll get into a little later, the true wild card, Alien 3. Uh, <laughs> just because there was a handful of things in there that I thought were, especially from a Western composer that's super moody, and melodic without being guitar-driven, which as so many Western composers would do, especially on Genesis, where it's like leaning into the metal. Yeah. And I feel like it leans appropriately so into other things. But yeah, Devilish, Tractor Brought Us In, great like haunted hayride it's, thing that turns into like a bigger golden axe kind of feeling at the end. It, it starts mm. to like really get kind of gritty towards the end, but it starts like the, the kickoff with like the sort of reverberation. Like it's mm. got that sort of echoey sound, which is perfect for a clock tower vibe. And yeah. then, but the bass like the entire time, oh, yeah. uh, is just got that thick Genesis bass. That's yeah. good. Yeah. What's great is, um, I mentioned this in a previous, uh, episode in one of these wake up Pat. sega wake up. sega sessions but uh terpsichorean is the name of the sound driver sound oh, software okay. that sakimoto created specifically um not i mean not even it, it predates uh his mega drive music but 
what I love about it is it actually makes orchestral sounding music mm. possible yeah. on Genesis, whereas you'd always equate it with, you know, super electronic or rock, yeah, yeah, for industrial sure. kind of sounding music. In these cases, and the fir- my first exposure to his um, old school music was with uh, the Genesis version of Gauntlet. Okay. That he composed, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is possible on yeah. Genesis!" Like, and that's it's great. Kind of thematically relevant because Devilish, despite the name Devilish, it's not like a necessarily a horror themed game. Mm. It is more like you know fantasy, but you know the box art, the name Devilish, and it's all like, yeah, there's monsters and demons in here, sure, but it's not like a gory thing per se. But as a game, it is super hard to describe. Uh, Breakout. Let's it's, hear it. It's like, yeah, get ready. So, it if I if I understand this correctly, it began as a Game Gear game, and then came to Mega Drive as like, okay, here's the Big Brother version. So if you know Breakout or Arkanoid, or if you played Game Boy back in the day, Alleyway, um, it's kind of like that, but basically nothing like that. So <laughs> you have a paddle that kind of moves along the bottom of the screen, and you are you know bouncing a ball and moving this thing to intercept the ball and send it back up towards the top of the screen. However. You are moving up as you were, as if you were in a shooter, a vertically vertically scrolling shooter, shmup, if you will. I won't, but if you will, I'll do it. Uh, no, I do. Okay, Great. just for you this one time. All right, I just don't like the term. I, yeah, I, I didn't like how FPSs took over the term shooter, and then uh. you say shooter. Now, now I think you can say FPSs. Uh, you can go back to Doom Clone. Doom actually. Clone. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say uh, yeah. You then you, so you're. Constantly reflecting this ball back up to hit enemies and, you know, break obstacles. But you also have this, like, second paddle that's like an extension that you can rotate 90 degrees or extend even further out to intercept the ball sooner. And so you're playing this, like, hybrid pinball breakout fantasy shooter game. And that it's just so... I don't know, one of a kind almost. Yeah, that's, um, that second paddle, because I haven't played the game myself, but I did check out videos prior to this episode, and I was just like, how do you control that second paddle? How does this even work? Like, yeah. it, it looks cool, because I've never seen something like that It's before, a very creative but. idea, um, but yeah, unfortunately, this series didn't really get super far uh, beyond this. Uh, we'll talk a little briefly about that in the next break, but... Um, you clear paths, fight enemies, all while progressing uh, through the stages if it was a shmup, yeah. So um, two, we'll go into two more songs really quick. Uh, this is The Graveyard, which is the first stage or map or table, however you want to look at it. Um, and uh, just 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 a touch of Haunted in this Ooh, one. Just, okay. a, just a dash. I'll get ready. Uh, easing into you. Easing you into it. And after that is Waterfalls, which is a little more slow and thoughtful, which usually happens with a lot of water or ice-themed things. It's a little more like, oh, you're flowing like the water and chilling out. Um, but it, like you said, it, this is a really impressive use of the Genesis. It just feels like, yeah, way, maybe more or- orchestral. Mm. It's just not what you think of when you hear Genesis music, what comes to mind. Like, it ain't this. Um, so we'll go into Graveyard and Waterfalls from Devilish.
yeah. beautiful and thoughtful. That that la- the the waterfalls track actually reminds me it could be like victory music at the end of the game, right oh, before yeah. staff roll. Like, okay, that could play like we did yeah, it. Oh my yeah. god, I'm exhausted, but there's we did a, it. A slight jubilant tone to that. Yeah, pers- there's some yeah determination in there, and um, we were talking about it a little bit, but like there's like a subtle touch of that that sort of like Fallen Brothers like um, that cascading sound. Yeah, I get, the like mm-hmm. which is yeah, like, I don't know how you it, uh, yeah it. it it sounds basically like the musical equivalent yeah. of a waterfall in, in tandem with the those piano equivalents kind of uh, jutting in every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, um, listening to this, it, it reminded me that this isn't the first time um, Sakimoto's uh, sounds uh, permeated the VG Empire podcast. Uh, the Captain America and the Avengers episode mm-hmm. you guys did. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't originally composed that music he you know translated it into mega drive but he used the same okay sound samples drivers i think that's the version i use yeah yeah uh so super nice one was not quite as good r- right which i admitted after listening to hell, hell yeah. <laughs> that's, brave. that's brave it's yeah a, it's a it's a rare occurrence yeah uh i i feel especially as someone who leans more super nintendo generally but yeah, that was one of those cases. Where I'm like, ah, this music's way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the first track, uh, the graveyard. Yeah, just a little bit of haunted. But uh, yeah, you're saying like you can you can feel the hammer-ons, mm-hmm. like the impact, especially when it gets like and it adds this whole other layer uh, of intensity to it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Was that the first? Uh, That's first the first stage. stage. Yeah, which is you know like any great. shooter equivalent, uh, which has come up a lot in this month. It's it's a lot of like you know get ready and like we're like I kind of alluded to in earlier episodes. You know, shooters were frequently the way to showcase the technology of your system. So, uh, especially back then, it's like, what can the shooter do? What can the, with layers and background effects and particle, you know, particle effects, quote unquote? Like, how many things can you put on the screen? Yeah. How colorful can they be? This is the genre for that. And so, you would always have a kick-ass track right away. And uh, this game was no different. Mm. Um, looking ahead uh, after this game, though, um, there was a sequel. And the Nintendo DS in 2005 called Devilish Ball Bounder. Um, <laughs> it was never uh, popular. Uh, <laughs> wonder uh, if that subtitle had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, we got it in 2007, and this is even when I was covering like the DS like as my beat. A salaried employee, like you're the Nintendo coverage. So, And I never, this game never crossed my desk. So Devilish, RIP, it was good. But... Back to the graveyard. Back to the graveyard uh, with it, which is unfortunate because it's one of those such a unique idea that has not been done to death. So, you know, anytime it comes up, anytime any kind of, you know, riff on pinball, like the GameCube game Odama that you could play with the the bongos, it's just like, I mean, you know, this is just so different. Didn't Odama also have a microphone? Yeah, I think you could use the microphone with it maybe. I definitely played it with the DK bongos. What a weird game. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. like a shooter has bosses at the end and you've got to think about like, oh, this boss has an attack pattern and I have this ball flying around the screen doing things. It's just such an interesting game. Uh, We'll go into two more songs uh, to round out the devilish block. Up first is Prairie and this is a little closer to 80s rock, um, you know, it's like thinking like Final Countdown or Journey or something like that. Uh, uh, But imagine now a T-800 is chasing the band. Uh, is there a music video for this? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Isn't this a Guns N' Roses uh, video? So uh, that's just what I wrote. <laughs> we'll see if your mileage will vary or not. Uh, and after that is Final Boss, um, which is... So 
this is like ultimate loud clangy Genesis noise for sure. But I feel like for some reason it has a focus and it works. Like it has all the trademarks of ooh. Ah, why'd you do that? <laughs> Instrumentation choices, right? But somehow it doesn't grate on me. And sometimes it works. And I feel like this is one of those cases, but we'll see. It's like a MacGyver of a song. Like, you're choosing these to make what? And like, actually. Uh, so yeah, we'll go into Prairie and then Final Boss, and we'll be back.
Yeah, it wasn't as bad as my mental picture of it. No, it was I, cool. I, I, I like the, the backing and the opening. Yeah, all these like that was great. They're both. They're. It's interesting. They're both kind of like cut from the same cloth. Instrument-wise, in a way, like they're mm. both going for like a, a medley kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Pat and I were talking a little bit like that. La- that first track was had this very like Swedish melodic Viking death metal vibe. Uh, Ryan would be like uh, Amana Marth, like probably a lot yeah. of s- string skipping going in there, and like just a little bit more uh, of a build, like yeah. a little slower paced. But um, I really liked that track. Uh, yeah. I was transported to my treadmill for a moment because Amana Marth's been popping up on there every so often. Very I'm like, nice. wait, wait a second. <laughs> you're going to have to slide into some devilish. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely see what you're saying about that final boss where it's just like, just a lot going on all of a sudden where there's no layering that's happening or yeah. it, like gradual introduction of instruments. It's just like, here's everything we got yeah. and uh, parse this out. You're going to have probably several attempts at this boss to figure out how this yeah. song fits together. <laughs> and, I, uh, I think the, be ca- calm. The, the chaos works for it. Yeah, especially yeah. for a final boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that prairie. I, I kind of wish it, it seems like it, it it's building really strongly, and then it sounds like it's going to go into like this like the chorus more or less, right? And it's going to be some great like metal hook or something, mm. and that never really happens. It just maintains this like chill, spooky '80s mysterious whatever, and and then it loops, and you're like, oh, that's the loop. Mm-hmm. So a part of me wishes there was like one more th- one more section or segment of the song, but. It's great the way it is. Yeah. All my songs are beautiful. They're just beautiful little different songs. <laughs> um, but there's not, you know, as a pinball-ish shooter game, there's not that many tracks, uh, but they're all good. So I definitely encourage looking up the rest of the soundtrack. Uh, move on into Alien 3. So, yeah, they're both monster-ish things because it's Halloween, but I feel like, you know, these work. You could listen to it on November 1st. That's still fine. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> um, but Alien 3 is 1992, obviously based on the movie. And another case of a hard R movie in a pre-ESRB world, you know, pre-any kind of ratings. There was nothing. There was no kinds of oversight in 92. With a game on consoles that were 100% marketed to kids. Like, there wasn't even an ambiguity about, oh, yeah, today, you know, everybody plays games. We we have commercials in cartoons and kids shows, and we also have commercials during ESPN and, you know, Sports Center or whatever. But, like, back then it was like, no, you see commercials for Nintendo and Genesis stuff in these specific time zones. It wasn't really till like, PS1 and 64 where you started to see, like, I remember seeing, like, the Final Fantasy VII commercial during an episode of, it was seven or eight commercial during, like, Friends and Seinfeld. It must have been seven then. And it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, this is prime time number one show, and a video game is in here. You don't see that. Like right. you, Donkey Kong Country is not showing up in that in that slot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Actually, yeah. this is the only Alien movie I haven't seen. Really? Yeah, for some 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 way somehow. What? And I would actually now I'm thinking about it. Uh, we'll listen to the soundtrack, but it'd be fun to have the uh, the game be the first way you'd experience that. I that movie story and then, I, uh, and then go back and watch the. So uh, I'm not it, sure if I want to do that. <laughs> it's a it's a weird movie, right? So. Uh, I guess quickly, though, the other, like, in this era, you had Friday the 13th, Robocop, Predator, all of these games, hard R movies, and then here's your video game, children, and no one batted an eye. Um, and then they made Predator toys and Robocop toys. Oh, and yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm a kid. Why wouldn't I want these cool monsters? I want yeah. a xenomorph that's kind of a weird scorpion. And that I've, was the best one. Yep, I remember. <laughs> uh, but so the movie, uh, among the Aliens movies, this is probably the weirdest one with the technology they had at the time to make a game about because... Aliens is the one where hundreds of them, hundreds of like, perfect for a side-scrolling 2D shoot 'em up game. Like, go wild! The aliens just flying at you. Great. Um, this one, 
since the 1979 one was the super claustrophobic, there's only one in here, freaking masterpiece of a movie. And then the second one is, oh, no, we basically broke the beehive, and here they all come. And now you're like, how do we stop? Even even with people armed to the teeth, like you're, it's, you're kind of hopeless. So that's another scenario you can imagine. This one... They did the only thing they could do, which is dial it back again to make them to make one feel intimidating. So they're in a prison planet, but I believe there's only one xenomorph and then one other face hugger that kind of infects others. Like that's where you get the dog burster right. suggesting that aliens gain the properties of whatever they come out of. Um, although the toys really ran with that more than anything else. Uh, huh. It's a slam dunk it's, toy proposition. Oh it is boy, a, yeah. Whoever thought of that was just like, man, can I just take the year off? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Mantis alien. Gorilla alien. Robot alien. Who cares? He busts out of a robot. What happens? I'm imagining the, the boardroom meeting. Oh, yeah. And then it's just one. like throwing a dartboard at cool animals. Like T-Rex. How'd they get it? Who cares? <laughs> um, but so then is it, with the technology you have at the time, which is 2D run and gun, you play as Ripley, and you're just, of course, you're armed to the teeth. You've got f- every weapon on Earth. Uh, not on Earth, because you're not there. But you in, just in the universe. You're just loaded, right? And I I don't, it's been a long time. I did rent this a lot, because the music really stuck with me. It was just, not, not necessarily like, I'm going to listen to this repeatedly. It was just, it fit the game so well. And then, it had that like cool Genesis vibe where like you know the 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 Super NES one didn't quite have the same impact. I think uh, Jurassic Park was a similar similar scenario thing. where it's just like the Genesis version just captured this kind of darker vibe. It did. Yeah. Um, it's not. Uh, I actually made that note in here. Like Jurassic Park, this is a case where just about every version of Alien Three was slightly different. Jurassic Park's case, every version is one hundred percent different. It's like a different genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NES and Super NES were at least similar, but they're not the same. And that's different from Sega CD, which is a mist clone. And then the Genesis one is a 2D thing where you play as Grant or the Raptor. It's all over the place. This one, you're always playing as Ripley, but this, I rented both and was like, Super NES one just felt not as cool, and the Genesis one really stuck with me. Um, but what a weird one to choose to make your game out of. Cause, but unfortunately, this was, you know, Aliens was 86, and NES hadn't really taken off quite yet. Other, you know, it wasn't going to be on an Atari platform, so there was no good home for an Aliens game. So this was the first chance, and when the property was still very hot, so you get this game that doesn't really gel with the movie at all. But you're still in this prison environment, so you still get this feeling of Ripley trying to like scrounge things together. And uh, in my memory, you are blowing up rep- more than one Xenomorph. It's not like there's just one, but I feel like you'd have to make that concession for game design I in that era. Feel like you have, in fact, mm. on the top of my head, I can't even remember what other enemies even are. Uh, but a spider. There's got to be some. I should have watched toxic a, ways. I should, yeah, <laughs> uh, obstacles to avoid. I should have watched a couple videos of it, but I just been listening to the soundtrack. But Matt Furness was the composer, um, and yeah, for a Western composer, again, like mercifully light on the clanging, like uh, the stereotype you would hear, like <laughs> you know, uh, numerous times it's come up on the show, and I would defend it more than most. But even I would sometimes be like, yeah, we all know. Uh, when this is misused. But this is another example of, like, it's this mixture of, like, good VGM, like, stuff you want to, like, toe-tapping, get you stuck in your head, but also occasionally communicating that claustrophobic environment that you are in. You're trapped in a prison with this horrible thing, and every time you do see it on the screen, you're like, no, 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 no. Um, so we'll go into the main theme. Uh, so you get this very moody opening uh, initially when you turn on the game, and it is, like, ambient sound, full-on, like, boom, boom. Like there's not even a song. It's more just more like, Metroid it's, than yeah. It's like is a full circle. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you get uh, so main theme. You get a more synthy track, uh, and again, it feels like you know in a 
a great symbol of this, the Genesis hardware synthesizer roots of it all. Like, uh, really good synth track. And it has stage two, uh, which starts slower and then goes like full shoot 'em up. Uh, totally not the right mood for the movie, which is I'm going to run and blow everything up, which is definitely not the movie. Um, but I got the feeling no one's really paying attention about how accurately it followed the film. Um, fun fact, it was directed by David Fincher who then would go on to direct Seven not that long after this, as well as Madonna's Express Yourself video, and I think Vogue as well, the, the black and white one. Does he have some sort of a s- obsession with using a number in the logo? Because looking oh, at the yeah. Alien 3 logo, it's like Alien Cubed, yeah. and then Seven, so Seven N. Yeah, like. yeah. Who, who knows? <laughs> he could have been in part of those conversations. Yeah. But, Perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll go into these two songs. Uh, main theme and stage two from Alien 3.
Whew. Gotta take a breath. That was spicy. Yeah, that was great. That was, uh, man, that really yeah. built up. Yeah. I dug it. The growling in that first one, though, that was so cool. I've never quite heard something like yeah. that out of a Genesis. So that happens a couple times in the soundtrack where it just does these great inhuman noises. And I think it's just supposed to approximate not necessarily the hissing of a xenomorph, but just more of a, like, what is that? Is that part of the music? Like, does mm. that mean a monster is nearby? Like, what? And you're mm. communicating, like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought... That synthesizer thing was great. I also like how these both of these are a little longer than typical game music, especially for this run and gun shoot 'em up game. That was a thing with Western composers on that uh, era too, right? Yeah. Like where you, I feel like you generally see some longer tracks from them. So they'd go places <laughs> like that second track where you're like, there is an opportunity for the guitar to have a little solo, yeah. switch over to piano for a minute, then the yeah. bass is like walking all over the place. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was great. Kind of had that in uh, the Battle Mania episode too. I feel yeah, kind of similar. Similar ideas there. Yeah. You mentioned, like, uh, I think that first one, there was, like, a little bit of the cloud from FF7 motorcycle. Oh, yeah. I felt a little spacier. I, I personally equated that to the Metal Gear 2 Salt Snake intro. That's thing. also yeah. 100%. They're, they were cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking Metal Gear for a minute, too, but, yeah. yeah. Something about... <laughs> also, speaking of, like, the weird growling and sound effects integrated, and we made, like, a Metroid comparison before, I was catching up with, like, the gameplay of this game and straight yeah. up straight up using, like, missiles and grenades to open doors and kill enemies and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. it, it makes sense. It's a full circle thing, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if somehow you're listening and this escaped you, but, like, Ridley in Metroid is named after Ridley Scott, the director of the first Alien and Prometheus. Uh, and Alien Covenant, which is somehow even worse. Uh, but um, it's like the only movie I've been in a flight where I I check the seat in front of me to make sure no one's in it, and I'm just like watching with headphones on and like loudly scoffing and kicking the seat in front of me. Like, what are they doing? Like, man. But the flute scene. That, that's all. <laughs> the first movie, a masterpiece. Absolutely flawless movie. Um, and the second one's great and then the third one's fine and the fourth one i saw once opening night 1997 the same week that diddy kong racing came out uh and then you would know this <laughs> and then I, after i left played more diddy kong racing uh, <laughs> as one should do but yeah i'm glad you brought that up the brought up a video of the game because yeah you're just shooting multiple xenomorphs mm -hmm. all the time and in my mind that's what you were doing but then i also remember the end of the game i swear you're like trying to back and, and this happens in the movie you're trying to back up this one alien into like a trash chute that dumps into like T one thousand style molten, cool. molten whatever uh, to get rid of it. I guess giant forge, forge metal forge in this prison planet. They kind of re try to recreate that in the game, and it sort of works, sort of doesn't. But uh, That's cool. I definitely had fun as a kid, like running around. Like yeah, you're trying to save hostages that have been kind of glued to the walls. It's, it's kind of for its era, kind of not full splatterhouse, but a little gruesome. Like the 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 people who have been trapped to the walls uh, in, like, the full, like, kill me mode yeah, are, like, yeah. kind of gnarly looking. And then the aliens, when you blow them up, like, they actually, there's, like, a frame of them just basically disintegrating, yeah. like, fall, like shredding into bits, uh, wow. which is on brand for that series, uh, but yep. still kind of, like, striking to see that, uh, like you're talking about, clearly marketed to kids uh, yep. at a time. With yeah. no, there's no ESRB. The first yeah. rating is still, like, a year away uh, with Genesis Mortal Kombat getting the MA-13, which was Sega's self-imposed rating system. Uh, later, in 1994, the ESRB would be formally introduced, and the first game that I saw that used that rating was Donkey Kong Country Ooh. for the Super NES. K to A, right? Kids to adults. Um, Mortal Kombat 2 launched just before that 
with a parental advisory because it was just before the ESRB happened. So Mortal Kombat 2 Super NES yes. has a, like, not appropriate for anyone under 17 or whatever. I remember and that. It's this total one-off thing. And then literally two weeks later, it's like, oh, yeah, we have a rating system now. <laughs> um, yeah. Fun facts about the ESRB. I'll never forget. I still... <laughs> my my dad probably did not look at that rating no. at all when buying that game I'm for sure me. Not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really you know the game. But uh, the ending I remember being pretty disappointing because you go through all this and it's like we this was like kind of an in joke you know in joke yeah in joke for some reason that that phrase wasn't clicking <laughs> uh, an in joke where the ending is like literally just like Ripley's sh- silhouette standing in a doorway and it's like it is done. And norm, no, numerous times in, like, adolescence and in high school, it would be like, it is done. And just to be, like, this disappointing thing that's now over where you're like, like oh, we look forward to doing this thing all week. And we got here. And it's like, oh, it is done. <laughs> like, oh, here, here we are. You want to yeah, buy some socks? Like, I don't know what else it's, to do. It's not, it, that's, that's a pretty good comparison. Because, like, yeah, w- like, you survive an alien experience. You don't celebrate yeah. it a, anyway. Yeah. And for what it's worth, the the ending to this game does recreate the ending of the movie. I think the Super NES one does. I don't remember if the Genesis one does, but it's a very, let's just say Mode 7 would come in handy with this ending, uh, depending on how spoiled on it you want it to be. Did you see Resurrection? Uh, the fourth one? I know that she dies. Okay. Well, thanks, for, thanks for dancing Whoa. around it. <laughs> it's called Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, she can. They, okay. they, so in Resurrection, they clone her but splice it with alien DNA to make oh. her like a hybrid. That movie's also not super great. But the, end, the ending of the movie, she basically finds out, and if you want to close the tab, I guess, but this, this happens in the game too. Uh, she finds out that I'm giving people time to turn it off if they don't want this 30-year-old movie spoiled, uh, that an alien embryo is already inside her and that it's going to hatch and it's going to come out of her. And I think that what she has in her, has it's a, it's a new queen. So if this thing breaks out, gets in this planet... It's going to infest this whole planet. So she basically commits suicide and falls backwards off into this giant pulp of molten lava, lava, you know, just melted metal. And it bursts out of her, of course, as she's falling. And then she sees it and then she like grabs it and holds it and just like stares it down as they go into the thing. It's a good climax. It's a great, it's weird. Not as weird as the baby alien getting sucked out of a tiny hole in the fourth movie, which is to this day one of the absolute weirdest movies moments I've ever seen in a movie. Why, why am I thinking? <laughs> why am I think? For some reason, I'm thinking of Metroid Other M. Did that have something? Similar? Why is that? What? <laughs> Did it have something similar? There was. A, I just recall a baby. Well, yeah, when oh, they, 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 keep, they keep referring to the baby Metroid from the end of Metroid Two as oh, the baby. Okay, okay, and it happens a lot. <laughs> I see. I didn't uh, play Other M. I just so kept hearing Samus refer to the baby. Yeah, so. They say that phrase a lot. Okay. I'll say the last ninety minutes of that game are really cool. If you know your Metroid lore, I had I was. You know, I, I reviewed it back in the day, and I was like, okay with it for the most part. I'm like, I'm kind of—it's uh, not really totally clicking for me. But then, as a Metroid fan, the last like 90 minutes, I was like, wow, uh, I don't know how you 180 this, but it finished so much stronger than it started. Where I left feeling way more positive than it. I'm gonna take um, a guess at that after we're done. Okay, great. I think I know what it might mm. be. Uh, but yeah, we'll still got two more songs from Alien Three, <laughs> really quick. Stage Four. Uh, this is one billion percent John Carpenter. This, okay, this is Escape from New York. I'm listening. Uh, there's no other comparison. Sign me up. Uh, stage five is, uh, I, my, my note is, aggressive and just plain professional use of the technology. It just sounds proficient. Excellent use of the machine. Uh, good stuff from Matt Furness. So stage four and stage five from Alien 3. 
Damn, that's nice. Wow. That is clean. It's beautiful stuff. Well, uh, you were right about that Carpenter one. Yeah, jeez. Uh, I've been on a huge <laughs> kick with like the Same. new Halloween and stuff, and like just going back to those and like yeah, yeah. It goes it goes to the same places without being like one to one. Yeah, because um, it starts like oh, it's kind of like the thing. I get the the spooky vibe, and then just that banana, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it puts in my head the idea of like Snake Plissken going and uh, being basically in the alien situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, not again. <laughs> yep. Or, you know, some smart <laughs> remark that he Yeah, make. or he goes to save the president and a xenomorph, he has to fight oh, the president xenomorph. Yeah, and it's and because it takes on the properties, the xenomorph is now president. I have executive power. And yeah. he's like, comes out and like, well, yeah, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you kidding this? Good, good, uh, good fanfic, guys. And, uh, <laughs> and the Secret Service are like, we have to protect this alien president. <laughs> and now you're fighting the Secret Service. And they opt into chess burst, into facehuggers. And then now the Secret Service are all xenomorphs. Well, now they're going to stand out too much, though. Ooh. So now they get in con- now they collaborate with the with Skynet, and now they get uh, flesh, you know, based models. We'll call them Terminators. Um, oh, and now they are the Secret Service and then to protect the Xenomorph president. Good. The second track went to a very different place, and you were 100 percent right. Where it was like just uh, bought on use of the. Uh, it, it reminded me of, of Jesper Kidd's uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin. Mm. Oh man, which has just had this grit to it and yeah. like drive. Um, it just had this like uh, it just that one ceased for uh, in many places ceased to sound like a Genesis thing to me, and I just lose that, and it just sounds like a modern like synth wave mm-hmm. or. You know, retro dance track or something, and like, oh man, it was just so well done and easily missed, buried in Alien Three for Genesis. Yeah, stage <laughs> five. <laughs> stage like, five. Good luck. Um, Very Halloweeny though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the show. Those are all the uh, tracks I pulled out. But again, if you want to, you know, those are all on YouTube. You can listen to them. There's not, unfortunately, a way you can buy any of these things. Obviously. Um, so especially Alien Three, that is probably lost forever. <laughs> um, I don't know how they will ever make a compilation game of here's all the alien games. So it's up to us. It's up to uh, people, you know, keeping that music out there. But great stuff. Um, thanks for listening. That does wrap up uh, Rocktober this year. It was a fun one. I this is the result of like a summer's worth of just I want to listen to new stuff, and I always avoid not purposely avoid Genesis music, but would not explore it as deep as like Super NES. It's like oh yeah, I get into all kinds of whatever weird obscure game like hell yeah the soundtrack to <laughs> Waterworld uh, Waterworld from a selfish perspective this has been really great for me because I've like fall, fallen into ruts lately where I'm like I guess I just listen to Fillmore from ActRaiser all hey. week uh, and it's <laughs> nothing wrong with it's that it's a zesty track but I mean you gotta branch out eventually and yeah. like it's always nice to discover new things so thank you for inviting me on this ride thank you for attending the ride hell uh, yes it's time to get out uh oh okay well it hasn't stopped yet Oh, it's, been, it's been fun troubleshooting hey, with yeah. y'all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll keep trying to get episodes out. Um, no formal like announcement of like, hey, it's every two weeks again or once a month. It's just it, it'll be when we can get them in. But I at least wanted to get this Rocktober because I was just so moved, pretty much by that Elemental Master credit song that I was like, <laughs> I the world must know it's moving. Um, and then also a shout out to the the the. Uh, Glaylancer ending from last week, though just full on ballad, like it is so touching. Where I'm just like, you just add lyrics to this thing is a t- it is a number one. Uh, Barbara Streisand, let's go, uh, who, whoever from that era, like it's just so good. So hopefully everyone enjoyed hearing a lot more Genesis than we'd ever done before. But you can uh, follow along vgempire.com or at vgempire on Twitter. Uh, always appreciate the comments. I read it, every one of them. And uh, I really appreciate when people comment and 
share what they felt about the show. Makes a difference. Yeah. There was great. Uh, there was a great comment that tied f- from the previous episode of them going, "Yeah, that ending to Elemental Ele- oh, Elemental yeah. Master was great." It's, <laughs> was like, it's nice tie. <laughs> unbelievable. Because also, so much of this fits so squarely into. Well, I love the like eighty-five to ninety-five era of synthesizer music, uh, or even you know, you could bet back it down to like 80 or 79 even but the genesis when it's doing great things is so frequently just sounds like that era like the movies i loved the tv shows the commercials like all and it just embodies it so well super nes has such a custom sound chip that super nes sounds like a super nes the genesis just kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like arcades because it's similar architecture like you playing an arcade game and you hear it on the genesis it's like that's pretty close um, it sounds like synthesizers people are using to make actual music in top forty songs or whatever. Like it's it's just such a uniquely of the era thing, um, and I love it. Me too. It's good uh, stuff. Close place in my heart forever. Um, if yeah. only if if I could go back, I would tell my kids self like to give Genesis music more of a chance. Mm. You know, because the secret is uh, growing up as a Genesis kid uh, and looking over the fence at Super Nintendo. You just there's room to love it all. Yeah. and these <laughs> tracks. Prove that. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, so we'll just go out with the ending from Alien 3, and you can just imagine the disappointment I felt as a kid seeing it is done. <laughs> and then... Uh, Bring it back to the rental store. Yeah, and then like, great. Uh, I'm sure I just put in a password to get to the last stage. I was like, all right, I'll just tough it out. But, man, that was disappointing. Uh, I think the Super NES one actually used the classic, like, game over, man, game over. That's really good. Uh, I think that was but in that the was game. that was from Aliens. I know, but they put it I Alien. think they put it. But I, I swear they put it, it in the game. It would still make you smile. Yeah, <laughs> I swear that's in the game, unless I imagine that. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this is the ending to Alien 3, and we'll see you soon. It is done.